Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On Season 2. Oh my goodness, where did that first week go? And how amazing was the gorgeous Sheridan Smith? Wow, what a story that was. What a joy to talk to her too. Um, So coming up this week... I have another corker. I actually spoke to this lady uh, a couple of months ago and, uh, oh my goodness, I remember watching her in Miss Saigon when I was younger and just being blown away and obviously then seeing her turn into a Disney princess was just joyous. This is a story and a chat you're not going to forget easily. So please welcome, oh, one of my absolute heroes, Leia Salon. Leia, it is so exciting to have you on my season two of Keep Calm and Carry On. I can't believe I finally pinned you down. In fact, I think if we weren't in lockdown, I wouldn't have got to talk to you. So I'm, <laughs> That's I'm true. Kind of little... <laughs> How is it for you? How you been? Um, well, lockdown over here has been, well, I guess it depends uh, on where you kind of are. There are people that you know, for whom lockdown is next to impossible just because of one's economic situation. Um, I've been working for a while, so I've got some some money saved up. So I'm actually okay. And I'm keeping calm and carrying on. And um, <laughs> yeah, you see what I did there? And, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I've, I've just been, you know, chilling at home and staying in touch with friends. And we're all trying to keep each other sane throughout this whole um pandemic situation it's it's not easy because there are some of us that have a little more anxiety than others Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's it's just it's just one of those things I guess you know especially Uh, in our business I mean we have a lot of anxiety anyway with the right there's there's never any security we just you know we never know what's going on and this has been kind of tenfold were you where were you when it all kind of hit were you in New York or were you at home in Manila I was in Manila I had just gotten home from Dubai on the 7th or 8th of March because I had concerts um over there. I had a two night engagement and then came home. Um, my brother headed to Kuala Lumpur on the 10th mm-hmm. as he had an orchestra gig that he was supposed to conduct. And then that didn't happen. Oh. Um, so he's, he's still in KL, um, but very happily locked down there. They're not in lockdown anymore. They've been able to open things up again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he's fine. Uh, unfortunately, we've not been able to open things up here. And mm. although the numbers seem to be as in the daily infection rate seems to be holding at a steady number, which is around a thousand to a thousand five hundred reported cases a day. Mm. Um, it's it's still a lot. Um, but it's but when you looking at it from a different perspective, it's not as bad as say the United States where they're recording tens of thousands of infections in just one state or, or higher numbers anyway. So it's, yeah, I guess it really depends on where you're looking at it from, but yeah, things could be better. 
yeah. here in Manila. But yeah, so yeah, when everything was announced, I was I was at home. And are you still, are you kind of working at all? Are you being able to do anything from home or are you just spending time with your family, taking the time, I guess, that we don't usually get? I mean, that's, I'm going exactly. to talk to you about that later. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Normally, normally, usually in the springtime, I'm gone. I'm mm. like my, I take my daughter with me and we're, we head off to America where I was scheduled to have uh, a six-week tour wow. in the United States and Canada, and obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so we've been just here. I mean, I've been part of a few charity live streams mm. um, just to kind of raise money for people that needed the most uh, yeah. and for the more vulnerable members of society. So that's kind of what I've been doing. But now I think it's, it's now, now there seems to be an experiment of sorts where people are trying to figure out how to gig from home mm-hmm. and how to earn doing these gigs from home. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the next thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everyone, and so there are corporate gigs that come in. So I'm thankful. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful that that they come and that in some way, shape or form, I'm able to, you know, earn a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nothing like what I'm used to with regards to how busy my schedule normally is. Absolutely. You know, being on tour and doing concerts, but I'm, I still appreciate it. Yeah, Um, of course. Yeah, because it's it's tough going now. What do you think that it's? I mean, we obviously we don't know, and it's just, it's something new that we've never experienced before, especially you know us in in what we do. How do you think it's going to affect our industry? Do you do you think we're going to get back to being in packed theaters? Do you think? Oh, I think, think so. Yeah. I mean, if if the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu pandemic is any indication. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, I mean, the the world has been through this before, and mm. and so it's probably best to look at what happened then. And even then, there were examples of cities and places that were opening a wee bit early, which then meant those cities getting slammed mm. by another wave of infections. So there was already a guidebook. There was already a precedent that was set <laughs> in 1918. I mean, yes, it's 102 years ago, but we seem to be repeating a few of the mistakes that were made back then. Mm. So it's as if we've not learned the lessons of history. I mean, guys, look, it's happened before. This yeah. is not this is not new to this earth. It's yeah. happened. Um so to answer the question, uh, absolutely, theater will be back. Theaters will be packed. Um, it's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be in a year, in a couple of years, but um, death theater will definitely be back. It's one of the most resilient mm-hmm. art forms. I yeah. mean, it's lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years. There are plagues that have happened. There are epidemics. There are pandemics. And yet theater is... Still going. Still around. Mm. Yeah, still going. What did a friend of mine just quoted uh, John Steinbeck uh, to paraphrase? It's like for the last 4,000 years, theater has been dying and still it refuses to succumb. So, <laughs> so, so dramatic. I love that. It is, it is so dramatic, but you know, it's true. It's, it's true. resilient. And the people that make theater are resilient and tough and 
determined. So it'll be back. They it's just are. a matter of when. Yeah, it's, it's been great, yeah. actually, to see how many people have been so creative in lockdown. Everyone's gone online. Everyone's, you know, doing these videos. Every, there is creativity happening. It's like you can't keep us down. We will find a way. And it's been lovely exactly. to see that. I think that's been really great. All right, let's talk about something positive. I mean, I could talk to you all day about all the things that you've done and you know your incredible career of I mean I I mean I thought I knew a lot about you just from you know watching your career happen in front of me and and listening to you growing up and but I was reading up about you last night and just the amount of things that I had no (laughs) idea about I was blown away I don't know how you have you have fitted it all in. I mean, people say that to me and I kind of go, yeah, yeah, you know, but you do. But how much you have fitted in is unbelievable from, you know, <laughs> shows to TV to film to, to I, I found out that you, you're a writer as well. You've written for a columnist. Is it in the... Yeah, I write a newspaper column. I mean... Um, yeah, and it's, and it's for the entertainment section of the paper, but there hasn't been much going on. So I've kind of taken a little bit of a break. Um, and I still do write sporadically, but only if there's something I feel passionate yeah. writing about. Um, but normally if I'm on tour, I will share stories about what's going on on yeah. tour, the things that people don't normally get to see. Nice. Um, like meeting a crested gecko when I did a concert <laughs> with the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra. Oh. Um, backstage, uh, the assistant uh, conductor at the time brought out this crested gecko named (laughs) Mesito. So, yeah. And so my daughter, I think she was, well, she was really, really young and her hair was still quite long. So I would venture to say she might've been about 10 (laughs) or 11. And there's, you know, there's a photograph of this gecko on her shoulder, which meant that she was, yeah, it was brilliant. And she wasn't scared and the velvety skin. So if anybody out there is a crested gecko enthusiast, then allow allow me to say I completely understand. And oh, there's some of and they're very chill and they're lovely. Um, but yeah, so things like that. So it's it's like restaurants and good meals and yeah. plays that I've gotten to see and you know, whatever musical I happen to catch while I'm in New York. Um, then I do a pseudo review and share the experience of it. And yeah, so yeah, I write and I also get to perform. Um, Yeah. And I, and I do the voice out here. Yeah. I wanted to, Um, it's on my list. Yeah. (laughs) How is that? I mean, I'm going to end up jumping around all over the place here, but. Oh, that's um, fine. The the voice, I mean, was that, how, was it funny to suddenly be on the other side? Because obviously you're still very much a performer. You still, you you do Broadway shows till current day almost, you know. And right, yeah. Was it funny to suddenly be uh, judging someone on the other side of the table? Because you, you, um, you've been a performer all your life. It actually felt like a natural transition. I mean, I tend to be one of those armchair judges at home when I'm watching a singing yeah, competition yes, on TV yes. anyway, like... <laughs> pop idol or, you know, or or anything (laughs) like that. So when I got the invitation to do the voice here in the Philippines, I thought, well, then I guess I'm taking my armchair judginess (laughs) and getting paid for it. So that's not, that's not such a bad deal. And (laughs) And I get to be part of this 
pool of coaches or judges that gets to discover new talent mm. um, or uncover talent that might have already been there and active, just not on a bigger scale, yeah. which television exposure tends to, you know, offer and give. So it's been more fun than I thought that it would be. And it's been quite a journey mm. doing it. Over here, we've done mostly seasons with teenagers and children. Yeah. Those yeah. ones seem to be the more palatable, I guess. It, those ones tend to really tickle audiences' fancy. Why do you say that? It's, because it's, it's um, just younger people. I don't know. Younger people, there tends to be this emotional um, connection. Like you really root. When you see that it's a kid, yeah. the emotions are more raw. Yeah. As in, they'll just cry at the yeah. drop of a hat. And that may make us on that side look a little sadistic, but we're just showing how, you know, how accessible those emotions are at that young age. And they're so transparent. Um, they don't hide anything. And they're just the most honest creatures not to mention ridiculously talented. Talented, yeah. <laughs> and it's just mind-boggling. Um, and some of them are talented with little to no training, yeah. which, is, which is ridiculous. So for some of them, well, some of them have already been coached and taught, and you can kind of hear it in the mm -hmm. technique, but there are some who just come out of nowhere oh. having not been touched by anybody. Mm. And it's... It's really exciting to be a part of that. And yeah, sure, there are prizes. But as I tell my kids, you know, win or lose, the thing that you want is the career. Yeah, absolutely. You want to have the career because that's the long game. Yeah. That's playing the long game. It's not, let's just try to get the prize and be done with it. Yeah. Sure, you want to win. I mean, yeah, who, nobody likes losing. Um, but like, a couple of our kids who lost one of whom was mine um, just the last kids season, we were backstage and there were a couple of kids from previous seasons that didn't win either, mm -hmm. but they're the ones with the bigger careers and they're growing up in the mm -hmm. industry and they're teenagers now and are incredibly popular. And so they were looking at our kids crying and, you know, and one of them said, just look at us. We lost, but we're still happy because Aww. we get to we get to do what it is that we love. We get the career. And and he, and he was so good natured about it. So it was that, really helpful oh, that's to brilliant. hear that. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. It was that's brilliant. so inspiring for them, isn't it? You know, to just totally because it's because those big, huge machines you know those big huge television programs can be quite stressful I mean they can for they can be yeah for, for, for adults and professionals so you know we I'm always interested if kids kind of or the younger people whether they see it they see that pressure and they feel that pressure or whether they because kids seem to live in the moment a bit more I mean mine mine definitely do they're a bit younger but they definitely live in yeah. the moment they don't see the stresses and the pressures that we do and right. those programs can be quite quite full on for them I mean how do, do yeah. they do they cope with it are there people there to kind of look after them or is, is... uh yes thankfully um well their parents are with them every step of the way yeah that's and great. for the most part they don't seem to be stage parents mm -hmm. in the way that you know nobody's a mama rose on the show um 
thankfully, you know, very supportive, not pushy. Um, and there is always a child psychologist on staff oh, that's to, good. to help out when there is a particularly bad loss mm-hmm. or when they say lose a battle round, uh, just somebody to help facilitate navigating through the heartbreak of that. Mm, yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I can't not talk about Miss Saigon with you. And I guess because something that huge happened to you so yeah. young, I mm-hmm. guess it's it, it's something you can relate to as well. You know, you got this huge role at, at such a young age. And again, all that pressure of a new show. And, and I mean, do you remember how that was? I mean, I'm sure you've spoken about it a million times, but do, is it, do you... <laughs> Does it still is it still a feeling that you you can remember and you can digest almost, or is it something that's like a, just a distant memory that you talk about? Um, sometimes it feels like it all just happened yesterday. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like it happened a long, long time ago. Um, I mean, I was only seventeen when I auditioned, so I'm forty nine now. So that was 30, 32 Looking years. Looking incredible, I, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, Zoom has this um, filter, so I'm thankful for it. <laughs> Me too. And, 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 I've got, and I've got lighting, so that, that all helps. Um, and a little bit of makeup. But, um, yeah, so that was 32 years ago, and it feels like it happened yesterday. Mm. Um, but it, it's also 32 years ago, so it feels like I'm so far removed now from from when I first did it in London in 1989. It was, I think, one of the last big British behemoths to arrive on Broadway. That might have been the end of that era. Um, But yeah, we had the big sets and, of course, the big emotions and the big music. Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, and it's it's one of my favorite shows as far as musically and Mm. as far as having been a part of it. And to have been a, you know, a cog in that machine, I was grateful for the opportunity, but yeah, there is a lot of pressure and there's a lot of anxiety and stress Mm. that goes with it. Um, you know, and it, it infuriates me when someone tries to minimize just what that entails. Yes. Um, yeah, there are people that just don't understand how much of oneself goes into doing a role like that mm. or any role. Yes. Um, you know, it's, 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 I think something that has bonded every single actor <laughs> that has ever had to carry a role like that on their shoulders, mm-hmm. whether you're male or female, uh, younger or older. It's yeah. I think everyone that has done any role that large, it's, they're just bonded because it's like, you know, talking about having gone through war, being a soldier through war and, you know, the injuries that you go through, the stresses, the mm. anxieties, the mm. that feeling of, am I going to disappoint anybody oh. if I don't show up? Is <laughs> You know, and it took a while for me to be able to let go of, of say, okay, I have a cold. I have to not be at work yeah. so as not to infect other people so as to get better sooner and then be strong and healthy the next time I go back rather than going back and singing on top of being sick and then ending up even sicker. So, yeah, it's that kind of 
wisdom that takes some learning. Oh, it does. Um, and you were so like you were yeah. so young. I mean, to like, I, I you know, I didn't have the weight of those kind of roles until much later. But to have have that have that demand on yeah. you at that young age and the yeah. expectation, like you say, the, right. the weight of it is unbelievable. Yeah. And and to to be able to give yourself a break that really does take time I mean it's taken me I'm yeah. still not quite okay with it but I think it, it does t- yeah it does take a long time and, and you're right there is like this camaraderie between between us all that have taken mm-hmm. on these roles it's 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 so brilliant to hear you talk about that um yeah and it was such an important show for you because it it, it was it just landed and it kicked off this career I mean did you did you have where did the music come from? Were you a musical family? Did you have a dream or was it, because I, I also read you ha, you intended to have a, a medical career. Is that right? I was actually in pre-med. I was in uni in my first year um, when I auditioned for Miss Saigon. Yeah. And all of my friends were incredibly supportive once I got cast. And I remember one of them saying, this building is not going to go anywhere if you do decide to come back and complete your education, it's the contract is for a year, go do it. It's a year out of your life. Mm. You know, this place is going to be here and no one's, you know, every, your, your friends are going to be around. This building will be around if you so decide to come back, but you have to go and do it because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and you're going to regret it if you don't take it. So I'm glad I took it. And he was right. So yeah, a lot of my friends from college, uh, all of us now with our own children and our own lives and professions and whatnot, everybody is still in touch with one another. Well, most of us are Hmm. and still incredibly supportive. And we try to get together wherever our paths happen to converge and... That's yeah, so it's really good. lovely. That's so lovely because those bonds are so important to have that outside of this crazy world as well that that we're in. You know, that isn't yeah isn't always how we think it's going to be. It's not it, you right. know it changes all the time. So to have that connection with other people, I think is is yeah. so important. Uh, how do you? I mean, again, speaking from experience, suddenly when you have children, it's it's a game changer because you can't just go off and go off for months on a tour or do that, you know, it, it, it yeah. becomes challenging and you do so much. I mean, you, do you just take your whole family with you? How do you, how do you figure I it did. out? I actually did when I would, I was hired to play Fontaine on Broadway. And my daughter was at the time that I started work, she might, she was around nine months old, mm. I think. So I brought my mom to help take care of her. So all of us headed off to New York. My husband had to come back because he had work. So it was me, my mom, and my daughter in a little apartment. I would go off, do work in that monster of a show. And then (laughs) another monster. Another one. (laughs) Another dead girl. And yeah. And then I would come home and then I would be with my daughter and she took her first steps in New York city. Oh, um, yeah, so we brought her to Central Park uh, around the time she turned one. So we were on the grass and she was taking her first steps in the daylight. Lovely. Um, yeah, so yeah, so New York, I think, will always hold very special 
memories for me. But mm. yeah, it's it's difficult, but not impossible. Because I guess um, as she gets older, it's with schooling. That's and, when it gets yeah. difficult. Yeah. But so my manager knows to schedule my tours for when she's on school breaks so that she's, so that she's able to come and she seems to enjoy the travel and we get to meet up with family wherever we happen to be and friends and, you know, dinners and yeah. So she's quite the (laughs) well-traveled teenager. Well, she's 14. No, she's 14 now. And she's not gotten to do much traveling this year aside from, the ski trip in January, but mm. that was it. Is she is she musical at all? Does she have any kind yeah, of? Yeah, she <laughs> wants to go Uh-oh. into musical theater also, <laughs> and she loves Sondheim. She's already fallen oh, in love wow. with with him, and I'm like, for you to be this young and to appreciate this man yeah. this early, that's something. Because I don't remember appreciating Stephen Sondheim no. until I was much older and was. Re- able to really understand yeah. what he was meaning when he was writing. That's fantastic. Have you done, have you, does she sing? Do you sing together? Yeah, she sings. Oh. We have done. We've, we've sung together. I think there are YouTube videos of the two of us singing together oh. in concert. And it's really cool to see her progress that with yeah. each concert that she does, she gets better. She was in the kids ensemble in a local production of Matilda. Oh. So she's, She's actually a professional. Oh, wow. <laughs> that must be so she's strange actually, to see that happen. She's actually happy. made money. And yeah, <laughs> and our openings were at around the same time. Like she opened her show the same weekend that I was starting previews for Once on This Island in New York. So I wasn't able to see her opening weekend, but I came home to watch her closing weekend. So I oh. saw all of the shows on her closing weekend oh, and got to see that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was grandma and dad who was who were taking oh. care of her. Oh, it's so good. You have the yeah. support of a family as well. Because, we, you know, I know how important yeah. that is. It's just it, you can relax almost. No, you can go off and work knowing that they're, you know, safe and loved. And, oh, it's it's so and supported important. And supported. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, how lovely. But Who it's knows? hard because I really would have wanted to be there for course. opening. But, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. Absolutely. And I think it was, I just thought it was really interesting that we were working at the same time on opposite sides of the world doing this thing that we both seem to love. So <laughs> you can't like, fight it. Okay. You just, no, you can't. You and can't I think it. she... And I think she has far more passion for it than I did at that age, for really? sure. So I have a feeling she's going to go dive in headfirst. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. That's it so is. exciting. And she really loves it. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Now, please don't forget to subscribe and share and review. I love hearing what you have to say and what you like about the podcast. And also, if you're checking out my website, kerryellis.com, there's a little keep calm and carry on pin. If you're loving our show at the moment, you can buy one of those there. And also, my new album, Feels Like Home. But for now, back to the episode. Episode. You perform like all over the world doing various right. things. Do you, have you, I mean, yeah. do you, does it vary? Do, does the style or the, the production or the direction vary from country to country? Or is it because I, I mean, when people ask me, you know, what's the difference between Western and Broadway? And 
to me, there wasn't a great deal of the performance aspect of it. It, it yeah. was it was very similar. I mean, I did the same show, so it, for me, it wasn't um, dramatically different. But you've performed in you know several different countries doing different shows, right. and have you got a preference? Do you prefer one place more than another? Do you? Oh, does it differ? Um, as it's far quite as a broad question, ethic, I guess. No. Yeah, it's a very broad question. Um, as far as the work aspect, I mean, the expectation of one's work ethic here in Manila, anyway, with the theater company that I work with here, whatever is expected of me when I work in London or in New York is what's expected of me here. Yeah. And that's expected of everybody that does a show here in Manila. It's, you know, you you come in, you have to know your stuff, you come in prepared and everybody works hard and it's a collaborative process and it's tough. I mean, it's always tough anyway, whatever mm. show. Mm. Uh, there's no such thing as an easy show, which is, which is nice. Then it kind of bonds an entire company together because of how challenging it can be, especially mm-hmm. during tech. That really will test your patience. <laughs> Won't it ever. Um, I quite yeah, enjoy it, tech, it though. It pushes you to your limits, you know. I quite enjoy yes, that it does. intense time. It's, it's, it's a bit yeah. sadist- sadistic, I guess, but I, can't, I quite like it. <laughs> well, sadistic on the part of the director, but masochistic <laughs> on the part of the actors, because we're the ones up there suffering and, oh, my back, oh, my back. Oh, I can't sing it's, this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thankfully we're asked to mark. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's late. Please don't sing out. We don't need you to do that right now. Yeah. Like, okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, much appreciated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you have a place you, you, if you could work all the time you would work or, or do you like the variety? I like the variety. I mm. tend to get bored. Yeah. Um, I like going from place to place. I love working in the UK. I love working in New York. I love working here in Manila. Um, yeah, it's each, each place has its own unique set of challenges and I guess quirks that Mm -hmm. are, that make a place unique to itself. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like being home in Manila. Yeah. Um, I, I do enjoy being here and the bilingualness of it all and 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 the short yeah i mean the shorthand of say a director giving an instruction in the most efficient way in whatever language pop pops into his head if there is something say that takes one syllable in tagalog and a gazillion syllables in english of course we're going to go with the tagalog <laughs> um and everybody just kind of understands so that's that's kind of a unique thing about working here mm-hmm. um yeah, which which is which makes it a lot of fun. It's it's its own unique thing, and I really do enjoy it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so I can't also not talk about Les Miserables because again, that's been such right. a massive part of your career. You've played both roles, Eponine mm-hmm. and Fantine. You've played yeah, the it. two dead girls. Yeah, yeah the two yep, dead yep. girls. Yeah, <laughs> I love a dead girl role too. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and you you did both the anniversaries, the tenth and the twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, you know, you've had a big history with 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 the show. Um, I bet it's been quite nice to just watch it grow and move in different directions. And what, what did you see the film? What did you think of the film? Um, there were things about it that I loved. There were things about it that I went, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess for everyone, because I will always 
I guess in with the both with both the roles that I got to play, it's always been with the original Trevor Nunn, John Carey yes. staging. So there is something about it that I became obsessed with and mm. felt married to. And the utter simplicity of, of this black box, just a few pieces of scenery coming up. Mm. Of course, that barricade was monstrous. <laughs> um, but then when you, when you hear the clatter of the gates coming on, there was just an excitement that it lent to me as a member of the audience when I first saw it. Mm. And I'm thinking, this, is, this seems so simple, but so effective yeah. Um, that That's what I think struck me. There was a lot of it that was so simple, but just just kind of started the emotions and the waterworks work going, even when the show wasn't trying to do that. Yeah. Where did you um, see it first? Do you remember? I saw it in London first. Yeah. Um, Lindsay Hately was playing Eponine. Mm. Um, Mario Frangoulis was playing Marius. Uh, Lisa Hall was playing... Cosette, um, I think it was Peter Carey who was playing Bajor. Mm. So he was so magnificent. He was absolutely magnificent. Um, My God. (laughs) And I just remember just being completely just bowled over by, you know, because I had used On My Own as my audition piece for Miss Saigon. I didn't know exactly how it fit into the show. I Mm -hmm. mean, besides listening to cast albums. And then when I finally saw it on stage with this powerhouse of, of a performer doing the song, I was like, my, my jaw just hit the floor and kind of stayed there for most of the <laughs> night. And, and then I, and I think that's when my obsession with the show officially really, 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 really began. Yeah. And I think I'm still able to sing much of the score Never mind what role. I knew I knew yeah, the role. I was the same. It's one of those shows yeah. you kind of get obsessed. I think most, you know, yeah. theatre people do get obsessed with that show. I don't think you can't. Right. You know, that so, was my Hamilton. Yeah, yeah was, me too. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, it's just a show I love and I'm just grateful uh, to have played a role and to sing those songs. And, and, and I love that when you sing those songs outside of the show, like I'm sure you sing them in concert, it's, it yeah. still moves people. You can't, that people just still want to hear those songs, you know, 25 mm-hmm. years on, they still want to hear them. And it's just, oh, oh absolutely. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, you have to tell me about um, a certain place that I'd love to play that I haven't played yet, but you've done a solo concert there at the Carnegie Hall and I'm still yes. desperate to, to play there. So, oh, how was it? Because you did a big solo performance there. I did. How and was I was that? three months pregnant when oh. I did it too. So I guess my daughter made her unofficial Carnegie Hall debut while that. she was still in utero. And yeah, singing was hard Yes, when I was pregnant. It was very challenging because my body was changing so much and vocally it was like my stamina was just almost non-existent so I was doubtful as to even whether or not I'd be able to finish the show but I felt really strong I did all of the encores um, and I made sure to warm up really really well before the downbeat and it felt exhilarating and it was nice once I revealed that I was pregnant it felt nice to not have to hold my belly in oh yes (laughs) 
what? I, oh, There's, I know that. Feeling. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So I was like, yep, here comes the paunch. Not, <laughs> not even going to bother hiding it at this point. <laughs> no. Because you know what? She's here. Oh, I it, love that. She's here. I, yeah. I, that, I, that's funny because when I did my first solo show at the Palladium, I was three months pregnant with my first two. And I'd, I had exact the same feeling, you know, just because it's it's one thing that we we oh, a lot of us think about is, oh, holding your stomach in, you know, making sure you want to look great. And then suddenly you're just like, I can't hold it. And I'm just going to let it be. And this is how it's yeah. going to be. Oh, I love that. And everybody love and everyone pregnant. in the audience completely will understand. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, because I mean, why? Why even bother? Why? There's a human absolutely. being growing in there. You got to give her some room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That's so. Br- and t- you're talking about your voice. Have you ever? I mean, I mean, I'm a massive fan. I just think you're incredible. Thank you. But have you ever had any? You know, we're we've obviously you've been singing for a very long time. Um, right. And have you have any time when it, it you've lost it or it's you've oh, been in yeah. dark yes. times with it? And- there have been some dark times. <laughs> um, <laughs> there have been. It was during my London run in Miss Saigon. I was not as trained as I clearly am now, where I know how to sing, mm-hmm. even if say I'm feeling under the weather or I'm yeah. tired. Um, back then I didn't, there was only one way I knew how to sing. Yeah. And I think a few months after, I think I got hit by the winter, which was pretty cold, um, 89 to 90. And my voice kind of, my voice decided to leave the room. And so one morning I woke up and it was gone. So I went to see a doctor and he says, you've got, if there's swelling on your cords, I think you've got not nodules are starting oh. to form and that's then, every singer's nightmare isn't it that's yeah just... and then Cameron's office sent me to another doctor uh Garfield Davies I remember that it that was the doctor they sent me to and he said pretty much the same thing he says you've got swellings on your vocal cords you're not going to need surgery you but you need to rest, rest. you need to take the next few weeks off no talking, no nothing. Mm. Let's get all of that swelling down. And then you will start voice therapy. And then you will start singing lessons. And we will look at you on this date. We'll see how, you know, and all of this stuff. And so my poor understudy had to take over Mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, But yeah, so I was like, because there was so much attention on our having to travel from the Philippines to the UK to do this show, there were so many millions of people that were kind of watching from afar. Mm. And I felt there's that feeling when you, that feeling when you're young and stupid, where it's like, you feel like you're disappointing everybody because yes. you're not going to be able to do the show. Of course. Um, at this point, it's like, nope, you're on forced hiatus. You don't have a choice. You're going to have to, you're going to have to take a break mm-hmm. because your body can't do it anymore. So I went through the voice therapy and she was basically telling me how, like what my body was doing to compensate. And it was, but it was then causing even more damage. Mm. So she was, she had to teach me then how to, you know, keep my shoulders down so that it wasn't causing any tension yeah. uh, around my instrument. And then I started voice lessons with Mary Hammond. Oh, lovely. Yes. Oh, she's 
incredible. <laughs> she's she, great. She, she basically took my voice apart and put it back together. Wow. Almost like a house of Legos. Wow. Or one of those Japanese anime robots that yeah. comes apart and comes back together. So she basically did that. So the technique that I'm using now is, is for the most part from her. Wow. And down to how I speak. So it's, it's, it's like how I speak even on a regular basis is still very protective of my singing voice Mm. that everything has to be placed in the right way. However, I decide to pitch it just to ensure that my instrument is healthy. It's protected. So there was a lot that she taught me to, to be protective of, of my singing voice and to treat it like a musical instrument. Mm. Um, because that's, that's what it is. And she made me sing all kinds of stuff. She made me sing Disney princess songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, at the time it was just part of your world from the little mermaid because <laughs> at the time that was it, that was all we had. And, and she would make me sing from other musicals. She would make me do arias just to strengthen yeah. the technique in my voice. And she would throw all sorts of stuff at me, which was really exciting. So whenever I would go to her house for voice lessons, um, and Cameron McIntosh took care of everything. Wow. I guess it was an investment in my voice as well mm-hmm. um, to make sure that I would not endanger myself anymore. Um, it was just such a gift. So I am I'm grateful for him to for paying for it, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful to mm-hmm. her for fixing everything. Oh, how brilliant! Um, yeah, she was brilliant. She truly, truly was, and still is. And when I did my solo show at the Palladium. Just last summer. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, she came to the show and she says, everything sounds healthy. That was like the best. <laughs> That's the that best. was the best. That was the best <laughs> piece of validation. <laughs> it was the best compliment. She's like, everything sounds healthy. You're doing everything uh, right. You're doing everything fine. And I'm like, yes! That's all you want. I've, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. When your voice brilliant. teacher tells you that you were brilliant and did everything that's all right, you want. it's the best. Job that's done. all you need. Job done. Yep. Oh, I Job love done. that. I love that. Well, yeah. as you've mentioned Disney princesses, I mean, you obviously got to play two, which is fantastic. Mulan. Which and, is pretty rare. Yeah. I don't think anybody else has done it. Yeah. And Princess Jasmine. I mean, that's, that, how did it come about? And did it, did it change things for you suddenly, you know, being this kind of, it, you know, Disney is catastrophic. It, it puts you on a, on another level. It does. Well, oh it, my God. it kind of is, isn't it? Especially, <laughs> it, it just sets you up that other level because it's outside of theatre. It's outside of television. It's just another yeah. world. Did it? Did it change things? I mean, how how did it how did it happen? First of all, I think it made my voice very recognizable to yeah. every child. <laughs> At the, at the the age of five, right around then. Yeah. Um, and to anybody that was just a fan of the Disney princess movies, um, there was a note left on the call board at the Broadway theater. I was still in the run of Miss Saigon. It was a note from the casting director that basically said, we've been looking for you. Would you please give me a call? We would like you to come in to sing um, for a new Disney movie. So I went and I got to meet Alan Menken and Tim Rice. And, and I really wasn't, and I, I didn't know how auditions were in the U.S., I guess. I mean, I went in not looking particularly cute. Um, <laughs> I had zero, I had very little makeup on, if I even remembered to put any, and wore a very bulky 
winter sweater. I was wearing a jumper. <laughs> and and Alan said, it's very nice to meet you. Uh, oh, go ahead and stand over there to sing. Oh, we're going to put our, put our heads down because we don't really need to see you. We just need to hear your voice. Yeah. And to which I went, yes, thank you, God. Um, <laughs> you're not going to judge me on my looks. It's all on merit. It's all on my voice. And I sang. It's the full circle moment. I sang Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. Oh, that was my audition song, oh. which, which Mary had made me sing. So I'm really happy about that. Um, and after I was finished, Alan got up from his chair behind the table and he went over to the piano, called me to the piano, and then he started raising the key oh. a semitone at a time oh so he i mean part of your world is not exactly the lowest song no um so he would just keep raising it until he was happy i guess he wanted to see how high my voice could go mm -hmm. and because a whole new world's even higher <laughs> <laughs> yes it is <laughs> it's 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 higher but it's it's gotten easier to sing i think the older i've gotten um i just know how to sing it yeah. i think it's just years and years of of singing it in concert yeah, it's 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 just in there oh i yeah. love that i love that uh, well um i mean a couple more before i let you go because i could again i could chat to you all day there's just so much i could talk <laughs> about it's just fascinating um what do you think I mean, it's probably tough because there's probably been so many but what do you think has been your highlight your your best moment big or small Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> I I think, I mean, it's it, that kind of question is akin to what's your favorite role? Of course, ever which is so you hard. <laughs> it's very difficult. So my default is whatever I got to play last I like is that. the favorite. Mm. Um, then nobody's angry. And the one that I got to, <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair answer because it's the most immediate. It's the one that reflects you as a performer the most. Um, at that moment, yeah, I, you know, exactly where you are. So my favorite, and I think the one that I would consider, you know, something that I'll never, ever forget is Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd. Oh. I got to do a production of it here last year, October. Um, opening night was my brother's birthday. So that made oh, it also very, very special. Lovely. He was our musical director and conductor. So he was in the pit. Oh, that's lovely. Because it's, it's such a difficult score to navigate. Mm. So we're all like, yeah, we have to get Gerard because he's the only one that'll make sense of it. <laughs> and it's, you know, a lot of great conductors here at home, but Sondheim is a whole different oh, kettle it of is. fish. It is. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was tough. So we needed someone that could really steady the ship for all of us that were panicking up on stage. Yeah. So I got to play this monster, this beast of a woman. And oh. I had the absolute best time. Oh, I wish I'd yeah, seen you. We, and yeah, we do the Cockney accents and everything. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God I lived in the UK for that long. <laughs> so it was all there in my head. Oh, and, and one of my friends, um, I think Joanna Ampil, who's also a big West End star, she came to see it and she's, she told the director, it's like, oh my God, they got the accents. Thank you, God, they got the accents. <laughs> like, we were not going to let that, you know, we were not going to let that slip. Oh, I so love that. So it was, it was so much fun and it was, it was a really fun role to disappear yeah. into. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, and I didn't get, and it was, I think it felt like a graduation from having 
played so many ingenues mm. throughout my career, even into my 30s and into my early 40s. It was like, yeah, still the ingenue. Mm -hmm. Hur hooray. Yeah. Um, but with, <laughs> with love, you know, yeah. But with love, it, it felt like I felt like I was inducted into another club. Yeah. Into the character y stuff, into playing these really rich women that that I didn't have to be pretty fine mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. anymore. Mm. And it was just fun. It was liberating. It was absolutely the most fun I think I've had playing anything. Is, it it, was, is there anything it that great. you haven't done? Is there anything that is still on the list? Is there roles that are yet to play? I'm sure there, there are. You've done a lot. Um, <laughs> I've done, yeah. I mean, I've done quite a, quite a good number of them. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm happy. If my yeah. career stopped today, I'd be really happy because I've 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 got quite a good resume. Yes, you have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, I'd I'd love to play Joanne and Company. I I need to get mm. a little bit older. I'd like to play Mama Rose. Mm. Um, yeah, those those kinds of yes. women seem to be more interesting. Uh, one of my friends said you should do Sally and Follies. Oh, like lovely. just to be able to sing "Losing My Mind,", mind. yes, I love Ugh. that song. I love that song. Yeah, and oh, yeah. and what's what's next? I mean, oh, well, we, when we well, when? first of all, let's let's get out of this pandemic mm. first, and then yeah. once we're out of it, then I guess I can start finding my way back to the stage. I yeah. mean, I do have a U.S. tour scheduled for next spring. Lovely. And other performances in this part of the world as well. So we'll just have to wait and see yeah. if that will be possible. We're taking, we're, we still make plans because making plans is fun. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see what we need to change if those plans aren't possible. Mm. But yeah, we're adaptable. Um, you know, we'll take everything a day at a time. Yeah. And, hope for the best, hope that the numbers go down and hope that we're able to lower this curve and mm. eventually flatten this curve, mm -hmm. um, you know, flatten it at a low point mm, yeah. because I mean, it's flat. It's just high Yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not at the point where I would consider it particularly safe for, you know, for, for audiences to get back into packing theaters again. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there. Just yeah. Not now. Absolutely. Now, before I let Leia go, I have to ask her my final question that I ask all my special guests. You know this by now. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Ooh. Um, ah, I think I've, I've told this to a few of my kids on The Voice. It's like, if you mess up today, don't worry about it because you have tomorrow to try again. I love that. That's so perfect. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's going to stay with me. That's going to take me on my journey today. I love that. How fantastic. Now, you've just been absolutely incredible. It's been such an honor, actually, to speak oh, to you. Oh, thanks for having me. Because it, I'm, I'm glad we were able to 
figure out how to do this so thrilled thank you so much and i hope you know wish you all the best for when we get out of this likewise and um hopefully we can sing together one day that would be just the the cherry on the cake yes and and not via live stream stream. (laughs) actually in person (laughs) yeah that would be fantastic i would love to do that awesome thank you so much leah have a wonderful day thank you so much Well, that's it for another episode of Keep Calm and Carry On. Thank you so much for listening. I've had such a great time. And thank you massively to Leia for coming on the show. It was such a joy and an honour to talk to her. And also thank you to Martin, my lovely producer, for making this all happen. And also to you, most importantly. If you weren't here, I wouldn't be here. So thanks for listening. And tune in next week for another fantastic special guest. Have a wonderful week and I will see you soon.